the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Salem Media Group. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good morning, everybody. I hope you enjoyed your New Year's and uh, your holiday season. Uh, boy, what a week it was. And remember, we're gonna we're gonna kick back to last week, you know. And I was I was talking to everybody, and I said, uh, you know, there's certain things you want to do and certain things you don't want to do. And one of them was to not let your emotions influence your stock or your portfolio. That was from Don Hayes, who's not related to me. Just so you know, I'm not I'm not speaking talking up my relatives or anything like that. He spells his name without an e. So anyway, he was, he was with Wheat First for a really long time. I don't know who the heck he's with now. Wheat First has been bought about three times. But anyway, uh, you know, as we always do at the first part of our show, we're going to talk about our, our, our um, webpage a little bit. So if you Google Tim Hayes Radio, I show up. And you can always tell it's my webpage because the, right underneath the picture it says, remember, buy low and sell high. <laughs> Hopefully you've doing, been doing that. Hopefully you've been buying last week. I, I did quite a bit of buying last week. I actually have some really good ideas out there, but uh, there's some good stuff on that page, by the way. Under Bulletin Board, there's Market Week, which we send out to people every week if you're on my list, uh, and also the Daily Technical Analysis. Highly recommend that. And there's a lot of tips on this page about cybersecurity. It says, in my humble opinion, I think that's very, very important right now. Uh, you, you know, well, I know the average bank, if, if somebody tries to hack them every 32 seconds. And uh, if you think you're... You're not going to have that problem. You're probably wrong. Uh, you know, I read a, uh, an article uh, on the dark web, and it said that there are over 2.5 million hackers in downtown Moscow alone. <laughs> I don't even know if Moscow has 2 million people. So, uh, But they said, in, uh, you know, in, in China, Korea, North Korea, and, and, and Europe, uh, just Eastern Europe, there are, they think there's over 12 million hackers out there, okay? And they're trying a new number uh, and a new account every, so every like, 30 seconds. If the one doesn't work, they go to the next one. So you should know that stuff. All right, we got a new newsletter out. So famous people who failed to plan properly, key retirement tax numbers for 2019. They've added more money to your 401K, or you can add more money. Four tips to uh, planning a, a career change, okay? So there's some good ideas. You know, I have, um, we have 2019, our best ideas for 2019. If you'd like to see that, let me know. And I, I keep talking about this and nobody's called in. I think one person or two people have called in for it. And, and that is our, our, we had a conference on technology, internet, media, and telecommunications. I'm telling you, it's big time. Uh, you know, we're, we're entering 5G. We're going to talk about 5G in length coming up here. Uh, and also there's some new rules uh, that impact charitable giving. Uh, so that's something, if you'd like it, you know, call me, uh, and I'll send it out to you. 
Um, by the way, a couple people called in for the bond list this week, uh, this weekend, and I apologize. The markets were crazy, and my assistant has left me. I uh, got a new one coming in Monday, so I'll be able to get those out Monday, so I apologize. Um, look, we're in some challenging markets, and I just suggest that you know you want to look into dividend stocks and quality right at the moment. Uh, start, you know, look, somewhere down the line, small caps are extremely cheap, and, and they'll be... Uh, There'll be situations where they start to turn. And when they turn, they're, they're so cheap. They're cheaper than they were in 2008 and 2007. So when they turn, it's going to be a big turn, I think. I don't know what exactly starts it. Maybe it's the Fed, you know, stopping things. And I'll talk about that in a second. But look, right now, the dogs of the Dow, you still got, you know, a couple days. Uh, you know, if you buy them in the first 10 days, usually in pretty good shape. These are the, t- you know, top yielding stocks in the Dow Jones. Look, when you, we're in a correction. We've been in a correction, uh, but I think the market's still in gear. I think that's what the numbers told us uh, Friday. So, um, you know, we had employment numbers that were pretty good. I mean, we had a 312 new jobs, a 312,000 new jobs created. The Fed went dovish, and they're talking about trade talks. You know, and I, I've been saying people are just too bearish right now. I've been saying it for two, three weeks now. So it's time to get back in, in, in the uh, swing of things, and Look, uh, U.S. manufacturing actually hit the skids last month. So, you know, there is a reason for the Fed to get a little bit more dovish, but it slowed at the fastest pace since 2008. So that's not good. And remember, like we talked about last, last year, last year we had 93% of the asset classes were negative. Uh, and, and, and corn <laughs> and palladium, two that you can't get out of. You can get in, but you can't get out if you have any size, uh, were the two. And remember, we, we talked about the, the entire uh, sign curve for the bullish percent for all the uh, different groups, we had all but one or two, I'm sorry, below 30. And uh, that doesn't happen very often. And we talked about the bullish percent had, for the S&P 500, where the bullish percent had reached a level where it hadn't seen since the 2009 low, and the same with the high-low index. So, um, look, I got plenty of shopping lists. If you want to talk, uh, give me a call. Uh, 888-223-7742. I think it's a wonderful time, especially if you're just getting started. Oh, man. Um, look, we had the, ba- the bears were at 55%. The bulls were at 29. Uh, and what was interesting is domestic equities were the st- are still the number one asset class. So they were down 9% for the quarter. And that tells you, you know, how far ahead they are of stuff like international equities and commodities, uh, which were, da- you know, commodity indexes were down 30 some percent. So look, you got to manage your fear factor. You got to search for a sweet spot, which I said last was probably last week, which I'm so far, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm right. And then you got to recognize that the market is fairly resilient. Okay. So, you know, a couple things I saw, uh, we mentioned this last week is that the, in the Dorsey Wright sector model holdings, uh, gold was added to it. The money supply has plunged this year from growing at, at 10, 11% down to a little, just a little bit over two. And the yield curve inverted this week for the first time. So, uh, you know, we said it hadn't <laughs> inverted yet, but, uh, we were a little, you know, we were a week off. So look, on December 27th, uh, we recorded the 10th lowest New York Stock Exchange high low index reading since we were tracking it. Uh, and in the last two decades, the nine lowest all occurred 
around the market bottom of 2009. So we were at 1.4%, and that that's one of the lowest things I've seen ever. So it doesn't get much lower than that. And by the way, all these low readings uh, in 2009 were all within 30 days of the ultimate low, a generational low. So don't get too bearish, okay, all you people out there. Now, the precious metal group has risen uh, since its multi-year low back in September, and right now its score direction is is gone pot. I mean, it's not positive yet, but it's right there. So it's over two, and it's nearing three, which is where three you turn positive in the Dorsey Wright system. So you want to you, you want to think about that. Now, Bob Dahl over at Nuveen made ten predictions for ni- uh, two thousand ten uh, nineteen. I'm sorry. <laughs> Good morning. Uh, and he's, these are the 10. The U.S. expansion becomes the longest in history despite GDP slowing to a still above trend rate of 2 to 2.5%. That ain't bad, folks. Unemployment bottoms in 2019 while wage growth continues to rise. The Treasury yield curve flattens and credit spreads widen due to late cycle concerns. Corporate earnings growth estimates weaken for 2019 and 2020 as both revenue and profit pressures rise. U.S. equities experienced a positive return but failed to reach record highs for the first time in 10 years. And non-U.S. stocks outperform U.S. stocks as the dollar sags. A lot of people betting on the dollar going down, China and Russia to be exact. The information technology, financial, and healthcare sectors outperforms utilities, REITs, and materials. That's a pretty easy one in a bull market, by the way. The annual federal budget deficit approaches $1 trillion a lot. Level unprecedented absence a recession, and U.S. and global politics spark more market volatility as cold wars within U.S. and China persist. I don't know if you heard it, but China has just basically told Taiwan you're not going to be independent much longer. Uh, and you know, unfortunately, we're letting Russia get away with it right at the moment too. So, a du- double-digit number of Democrats run for president while President Trump is challenged with his own party. I don't think that's a tough one. <laughs> That guy gets more grief, and, and he's doing all the right things, too. I uh, I mean, maybe he talks too much, but th- there you go. I think he has to because his side of the picture never gets uh, gets told. So uh, I I listened to Tom Lee this week, and he had a great conference call, and I just thought I'd summarize it for you. Tom Tom was the head strategist for Morgan Stanley. He's now the head strategist for Funstrat, which is where Bob Schleimer, our, our old uh, head uh, uh, technician, uh, for all of RBC, you know, RBC World uh, went to. And he said this, debt ceiling will need to be increased likely in the second quarter of 2019, never an easy process and one that Trump could have a hard time navigating. Uh, he thinks there might be a sh- uh, shutdown too. Uh, then too, healthcare and prescription drugs have been an issue where Trump has uh, been to the left of the Republican mainstream. And as such, prescription drugs especially could be an issue where, the, where it finds common ground with the Democrats. House Democrats to create special committee on climate that will spotlight policy differences between the two parties and force Republicans from moderate states to cast votes on the issue. By the way, the Democrats also just uh, filed to get rid of the Electoral College because they've lost, you know, they've they've lost the election uh, due the last four presidential elections. They've lost due to Electoral College, not the, the popular vote. So that ought to be interesting. Infrastructure is another example where Trump has often expressed views that are left to, of the Republican Party and could be an issue, but he could find common ground with the Democrats this year. 
A big year for trade for with March 1st deadline for uh, talks with China. Remember, they talked Friday uh, that they're going to have talks again. And the Democratic control of the House means tough time for the Trump administrations with hearings. Legislation focused on Democratic priorities that will range from health care and environment to foreign policy and uh, Russian interference in U.S. elections. So think about that. Look, I, I, I was thinking uh, one thing that people don't get uh, get is from an inventory management perspective, the economy is becoming much more efficient. Companies that embrace change and innovation are likely to increase their efficiency and prob- uh, uh, profitability. There's a thing called the profitability index. It's your gross margins times the number of your inventory turns. Uh, it works in manufacturing, wholesaling, retailing, etc. So the ratio of inventory to asset sales across the U.S. fell to its lowest level on record recently. This means that retailers, along with their entire supply chain, have been growing their businesses while keeping fewer goods in stock. So the, the, the boast of productivity across many companies can lower prices for consumers. Uh, so what they're doing is they're increasing their turns. All right. There's a, like I said, the turn to earn ratio or the profitability index is very important. So technology is driving down inventory levels and enterprise data is increasingly digitalizing the communications faster. There we go. Hey, let's take a break. This is Smart Investor Show. Uh, we'll right, be right back. Christine, and if you haven't checked out NortheastOhioDeals.com, you are missing out on savings of 50, 60, even 80% off on fun things to do with your family, overnight stays, and home improvement. No matter how you look at it, the savings are big. Hurry, go to NortheastOhioDeals.com before the deals are gone. That's NortheastOhioDeals.com. Northeast Ohio Deals, savings at your fingertips. At RBC Wealth Management, we are proud of our reputation for putting clients' interests first. Our steadfast commitment to helping clients achieve their financial goals includes giving back to the communities we serve. Through supporting youth education, human services, and the arts, we hope to make tomorrow better for everyone. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Hi, we're back. Uh, and you know, if you if you were just listening in and you didn't, you want to hear the whole thing, or you want to hear last week's or the months before, go to WHK fourteen twenty AM uh, on the internet and and just go down to you know the local podcast. Go down to Tim Hayes. By the way, you can get to my webpage from there. All right, so uh, it's an easy way to get there. So if you want any of the material, and I was just going about you know we talked about our best ideas for two thousand nineteen. Also, the dividend growth portfolio. Remember, I'm talking about buying. Dividends. The prime income list for you guys who are retired has almost a 4.6% yield now. Uh, some really good ideas on those lists. So, you know, please uh, give us a call on, on that or just hit the email me or contact me. By the way, you can also catch me on LinkedIn. All right. Uh, I had quite a few people just recently, actually two high schools, <laughs> uh, their invest, their stock investment group, I guess they're listening to me. Also some guys overseas, uh, guys and gals overseas. And remember, I, I said it wrong earlier. But emotions are your worst enemy in the stock market. Don Hayes. That's H-A-Y-S, by the way. Now, I, I was reading an interesting article. Uh, there's a group called Gas Buddy, and they kind of uh, have been pretty good at predicting gas prices. So they think gasoline prices could jump 35% by May. Uh, they've 
you know, prices are down to their lowest level in about a year and a half, but they think they could uh, jump 35%. They expect uh, the average right now is 222. Uh, so they, you know, plus 35%, it gives you a, a much higher number. Obviously, it'd be about 270. So, um, the, look, what they're talking about is in December, the uh, OPEC uh, and some non-member producers, including Russia, agreed to cut production by 1.2 million barrels. Uh, so that that's a lot. Um, and against that backdrop, you know, what they're talking about is av- average prices could creep up to the 258 to 270 level. So, um, look, I just paid uh, 163 <laughs> for it. So there we go. Now, uh, look, there's a thing called the Doppler relative strength view, and it, it focuses on funds are rising and what funds are falling. And, uh, you know, we're looking at ETFs now. So the only sectors that have seen their scores improve are utilities, consumer staples, real estate. And u- utilities and consumer staples are often viewed as des- defensive sectors. So, uh, but if you look at the Doppler, uh, you know, uh, relative strength. Those are the three areas that still look good, even with the big rally on Friday. So we'll see what happens next week. But uh, look, a lot of people talk about their their plan, and you know, it, it's like you know they're up a gradual slope, and they can see you know retirement and horizon. It's this nice gentle slope. The problem is, in reality, <laughs> uh. You know, your bike loses about three tires and, uh, you know, you hit about five or six potholes and suddenly there's a bridge out and then, you know, there's all sorts of, you know, new construction or whatever uh, and, and you can't get there as easy as you think it is. I think we just went through one of those, okay? But don't let it go get you off course, okay? I think, you know, look, there are cycles where relative strength works and when it works, it works big and you can make do a lot of makeup. You just got to remember that when you're dealing with relative strength stocks, which is, you know, buy high, sell higher, you've got to use, you know, you got to have stops in place. Now, it's been kind of difficult, um, you know, because, you know, the, the, some of these stocks are gapping down, okay? So, you know, that, you know, Apple, for example, okay? Um, but look, it, you know, what you should be looking for is you got to identify market leadership, you have to have an adaptive and a tactical, a tactical risk management tool. You have to base it upon objective inputs, i.e., you know, price, demand, and supply, that type of thing, charting, and, and determine, or, or, it's got to be designed to participate in long-term, you know, periods of strength. Now, what it's not, it's not a black box, okay? It, it's, it's a, not a strategic indexing strategy. You know, eventually the index, believe me, small caps are so cheap right now, the index is going to be left behind soon, and I don't know what I know what's going to start it, but I'm telling you, I know statistics, and statistics 101 say it's going to happen. And you can't be reliant on subjective input, okay, or gut feels. That's not good. Uh, designed to target exact tops or bottoms and securities, it, it can't do that either. So, look, Tom McQuellen was on, and if you don't know what the McQuellen oscillators are, you should. <laughs> he's a very, very bright guy. And, you know, one of the things he talked about, he said, we are not in a bear market. It doesn't happen uh, over three months. Uh, when they get worried, it can be very, very useful. When the market gets worried, the bears are now more than the bulls by almost twofold. And uh, he, he always talks about the Google trends. And bear market uh, has been searched 90% more 
than bull markets right at the moment. That's a good sign. So the third year of every presidential term has been up since 1939 was the only year it wasn't. And we're very oversold. He thinks oil futures, you know, and that type of thing might be a really good place to go. But if you look at the summation index, the summation index is at, was at minus 1,000. Doesn't get much lower than that very often, okay? So I had Al call me, and we had a good long talk. Al seems like a very knowledgeable guy, and uh, I'm coming to see me next week. By the way, if you want to have a cup of coffee, uh, give me a call, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. And he said, Tim, tell us what 5G is. Well, there's going to be a big new transition to to, to the fifth-generation cellular network known as 5G, and it'll affect uh, how many you know, smartphones, etc. That's one of the reasons Apple was down big is because they didn't have, uh, you know, they don't have a 5G phone yet. But um, look, in 2019, a big technology shift is going to begin, and it's it's a once in a decade upgrade of our wireless system, which will be reaching you know mobile phones uh, users pretty much in a matter of months. Okay, but it it's not just about faster smartphones. The tradition to fifth generation cellular networks, known as 5G for short. Uh, will be many other kinds of devices, industrial robots, security cameras, drones, cars that send safety data to one another. The new era is going to leap ahead, uh, way above the current wireless uh, strategy. There could be much faster networks. And, uh, you know, to give you an idea, uh, 5G is a set of technical ground rules that define the workings of a cellular network, including radio frequencies, how we use different components, computer chips, etc., and, and, you know, the first cell phones were demonstrated in, in 1970, and, and now here we are, you know, pushing forward. But what we're talking about is the wireless chip maker Qualcomm said that it demonstrated peak 5G download speeds of uh, 4.5 gigabits in a second. Now, the initial speed will probably be more like 1.4 times gigabits, and that roughly translates to 20 times faster than what you're using right now. So the initial is 20 times faster. It'll soon be 140 times faster. So it, it, it'll be very noticeable in higher quality streaming videos. And downloading a typical movie at medium speed cited by Qualcomm would take 17 seconds with 5G as compared to six minutes with 4G. And so what, who we're talking about is you sitting there watching Star Wars. You have a glass of wine with your wife. And your kids are around and, you know, you're watching Star Wars and Luke Skywalker comes up behind you in a hologram. That's what we're going to talk about when we get to the 4.5 gigabits. Okay. So, you know, that's why the 4G TVs were so cheap uh, this Christmas. And if you're wondering, so there's another kind of speed, a lag known as latency that may become more important with 5G. Um, You know, if you issue a command now on a smartphone, like searching the web, Response isn't exactly immediate. A uh, lag of 50 to several hundred milliseconds is common, partly because signals often pass between two different, you know, carrier switches, all right? But 5G will be using newer technology and, and was designed to reduce the latency down to a millisecond or a few milliseconds, maybe. So the improvement could bring uh, many benefits, I think, most notably in virtual reality. It'll be almost like reality. Uh, th- there'll be... Uh, I think the, you know the eyeglasses will come come to, come into play then, and and you know, that type of thing. Now, five G's impact also extend to like medicine and other fields because look, if if you have the ability for five G to put your phone against your heart, 
and the phone has a uh, a thing to monitor your heart, bingo. All right, uh, there's already they're already doing it in her hospital, so that's go. So the answer for, for smartphone users, uh, smartphone users in the U.S. appears to be uh, the second quarter of 2019. That's precise timing is you know kind of uncertain, but ATT has actually switched on its mobile 5G devices in 12 cities with seven more targeted in the initial rollout. So it's starting, folks. And, uh, you know, Verizon's going to do it. Sprint's going to do it. And, you know, the question is, when will or will the consumer see the full benefit of 5G? I don't think it's going to be yet, but I think, it you know, sometime in 2020, 2021. And, you know, the big question is, should I buy a, a cell phone with 5G right away? You know, I might wait a while. I don't think you have to do it, uh, you know, today. But the other, you know, the other name we, uh, other thing we talked about about two years ago, and I think this is something you have to pay pretty close attention to, is, uh, inter, you know, the internet 3.0, and that's the evolution of interconnectivity. And there's no question that the modern uh, internet has dramatically transformed this society, and it's built a business landscape since its inception of 1999. That's second to none. So, uh, look, I think this, the start of the internet boom. Uh, was Netscape, okay, uh, American Online, if you will. But, you know, now we're talking about emerging technologies that, that you know, th- these were primitive early websites, were no exception. But, you know, during the next period of time, we believe uh, it'll be the most impactful and transformational cycle of the digital revolution. So with 5G and the interconnectivity, uh, It'll be unbelievable because the combination of affordable, powerful, and mobile computing power and data is creating opportunities that uh, to improve or, or upgrade the efficiency of almost every traditional process or activity we do in life. How's that, huh? Um, so, you know, this Internet of Things that we've been talking about, we talked about it two or three years ago. We we talked at nauseum for like four, straight, four or five straight shows. Um, you know, we'll have home appliances – which will reorder replacement parts or a pint of yogurt. Uh, well, manufacturing equipment, single repairs are needed, and, and how many products have been produced robotically in the last hour. Medical devices will not only monitor a patient, but also signal doctors that they need attention. Uh, there's already a company out there, Irithem, that's doing it. So, you know, there we go. Um, now, there is a couple things I, I want to talk about, and that is uh, – the bullish percent for the NDX did reverse up into a column of X. The NDX is the uh, NASDAQ 100. And then the other thing uh, that I want to say is that Jeremy Siegel, who's the man who called 20,000 Dow, which is a pretty good call, uh, thinks that, you know, we're not going into invest. Uh, we could have a big move if we don't go into recession. And, uh, you know, he talks about 1993. When we first started raising rates, we had eight rate hikes. And then 1995, the market went up 35% in the next 13 months. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is Smart Investor Show. Come and be a part of an extraordinary adventure to Israel. The Stand with Israel Tour with Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher is happening December 2nd through the 11th, 2019. 
Join WHK 1420 for a 10-day expedition to the Holy Land that will change your life. You'll get timely insights into Israel's fascinating past, dynamic present, and promising future. Experience the Western Wall, modern Tel Aviv, the Dead Sea, and so much more. All in the comfort and safety of first-class accommodations. December 2nd through the 11th, 2019. Register today. Visit whkradio.com. This is Michael Medved from michaelmedved.com for Town Hall. During the holiday season, an astonishing legacy inspired Seattle. A single, childless social worker named Alan Naiman died of cancer at 63. He had become known to his friends for unabashed thriftiness that veered into the comical, holding together his battered shoes with duct tape. But when he died, he left $11 million to children's charities that helped the poor, disabled, and abandoned. He scrimped, saved, and invested while working three jobs so he could help kids he never met. Because he left everything to charity, government imposed no death tax on his wealth, but had he directed it to relatives or even designated strangers, the state of Washington would have imposed its crushing estate tax. This case demonstrates why government should keep hands-off, honestly earned, previously taxed life savings while honoring wishes of the deceased on their designated distribution. I'm Michael Medved. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu When it comes to managing your retirement, it's easy to get lost. Look to RBC Wealth Management to guide you. Our experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors will build your investment strategy by designing a plan that's tailored to your unique financial needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Visit rbcwealthmanagement.com. All right, we're back. Uh, once again, if you'd like to have coffee, uh, talk about your portfolio. Um, uh, I'm at 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. And just so you know, I am local. I just give the 800 number. Some some people are out, out there. They don't want to uh, spend a dime. Uh, or out in the hinterlands. And uh, a couple of people have called me from North Carolina, uh, which I, I was excited about. And a couple of people have called me from Tennessee. So we're, we're getting out there via the internet. And if you, if you missed the first half of the show and would like to hear it again, remember WHK 1420 AM. They have a, uh, a headline that says local podcast. Go down to Tim Hayes and you can get any, I think you go back almost a, almost two years. All right. So if two years worth of podcasts, if you know, you want to see what I've said in the last couple months, like we were talking about the fangs, you know, sell the fangs this summer. Fangs are very, very overvalued. Well, that was a good call. <laughs> They're down 30%. So, uh, you know, please go back and, and take a look uh, or listen up. If you can't sleep, there's another reason to listen in. <laughs> All right. So uh, look, I, I look back at the quarter, the fourth quarter performance, and the big story was the shift about face in domestic equities. Uh, they had been uh, performing extremely well, um, but with a sharp sell-off in the fourth quarter, they had an average loss of 9% for 2018. That was big. Um, so that, that was big, big, big. And the other big story was the sell-off in oil, I think. Uh, you know, very, very big. So, all right, now we talk about the bullish percent. And the bullish percent is our main risk guide, okay? And and uh, once again, it's a chart that goes from 0 to 100. 
And this was designed by some smart people back in the 30s. And they want to be bullish at the bottom and bearish at the top. Okay, so this chart goes from 0 to 100. Over 70 is the red zone. That's when everybody's talking about their portfolio. The market's going to the moon. All right. Uh, CNBC is talking about a 50,000 Dow. You know, all right. And when we get below 30, where we are right now, everybody's crying in their beer. Oh, you ruined my Christmas and all that good stuff, which I had a little bit of that myself. <laughs> you know, the day, the night before Christmas, you go down 600 points. You know, you get a little, you get kind of bummed out for the night for Christmas. But anyway, uh, we, the two other things we need to know is that when we're in a column of O's, it's a distribution period. And if it's, you know, you're, you're above 70 and you go from above 70 to below 70 in your column of O's, you want to pay close attention. Uh, it doesn't mean you have to sell everything. It just means you've got to pay more attention, okay? Because distribution happens a lot faster than accumulation. When we go into a column of X's, that's when we put the offensive team on the field. Now, where we are in field position is tells you what you can do. Now, we're down pretty low now. We're at 16. Uh, uh, so we, we were down to uh, almost 3% for the week. Uh, we're still in the column of O's. We won't reverse up until 22. So right about now, you can kind of throw the long pass, I think. You know, you don't have to be handing off to the fullback anymore. It, you know, buy quality and then buy a couple, you know, zingers. See what happens. Uh, Over-the-counter index is uh, column of O's. It was actually up for the week because it's the Santa Claus rally, all right? The small caps are very, very cheap, right? And and uh, they won't reverse up till 22. That's about four away now. And the world index is still in the column of O's at 25. It was only down one. It would it reverse up. Uh, so they're all in a column of O's. We'll just leave it at that. You know, uh, just remember, as goes the first week of January, goes the year. And right now, we're up about uh, one and a half percentage points. So uh, that's not a bad start. Uh, domestic equities are still number one. Uh, you know, they're, they're only 3% of he- ahead of international equities at this point. By the way, all, all different categories, uh, as of last Thursday had failed the bogey check versus cash, meaning you should have more cash than the equities. Uh, but I think sometimes, you know, it, it, it does that at the bottom. So you got to be careful. I don't know if we're at the bottom or not, but we're, we're pretty close, I think. Um, so you given the volatility in the market in the fourth quarter, it's not surprising to see uh the VIX e- ETF was at was at the top of the class for the year. Um but you know what's interesting is some of the other double digit gainers were the Vanek gold miners, Brazil, the ET, uh, two or three ETFs from Brazil and the and the Silver's trusts. Uh so that's really interesting. Some of those look like they want to break out. Um you know, the ETF that Top the, the list, by the way, was the gold miners index, large cap. Um, so those are very interesting. Uh, we've had negative momentum now for four or five weeks on all the indexes, although they all look good long term, short term, they don't look so great. Uh, but sometimes, you know, you need, uh, I think Jimmy Buffett said it once, uh, trying to reason with hurricane season. And in the song, he talks about uh, he was drinking too much for a while and then took two weeks off and he felt much better. All right. Uh, not that I drink too much, but the point is, 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 you know, sometimes you get carried away on the upside and sometimes you need to have, you know, they, they need a hurricane to come out, wipe some things out and get started again. Okay. That's what I think what, you know, what I'm trying to say. And the fourth quarter was an exceptionally dismal one for the market. So, uh, you know, I, I think the S and P lost 14%. Uh, the RSP was down 14%, and uh, that's that's not really that good. Uh, the RSP is, by the way, the equal weight S&P 500. So the S&P 500 down, being down 14% and a quarter is amazing. 
Um, so the small cap index was down 21%, which was even worse. Small caps are now statistically uh, four standard deviations below large caps. So that's, you know, if you're a statistician, that's where you want to be looking. Uh, but we did have, we know we do the bullish percent for all the, in, for all the groups too. And the, the groups were up to 18. Remember, they were 16 last week. And, but now we only, we only have five names that are 30 or above. <laughs> and there's 50 names here. So, uh, it's still very, very oversold. Uh, you know, I don't know where they were as of Friday, but you know, the only two that were positive or in favored status was electric utilities and precious metals. Uh, so there was you know, a lot of bull alert stocks, uh, textiles, semiconductors, insurance, and the internet. Uh, so those want to be looking for, but I think there was, there was 33 groups that were, uh, you know, below 20. And there was some that were looking interesting. Like, like I said, uh, gaming looks like it could go to, to bull confirmed status fairly quickly. Uh, but insurance, internet, semiconductors, textiles, precious metals, and bull alert too. So, um, we did see electric utilities, which were the most favored status go down one notch, and housing and Wall Street uh, turned up. Remember, the reason housing was going down was because interest rates were going up. Interest rates are down almost a half a percentage point. The 10-year, which they base the mortgage rates on, uh, is down half a percent. You know, it was, it was 325. It was uh, 272. Uh, I think it was up a little bit on uh, Friday, so maybe 282. Um, so, you know, you're down almost a half a percentage point. Half a percentage point on a 30-year uh, mortgage is a lot of money. Uh, just trust me on that. Uh, it was interesting to see that the international equities actually outperformed the domestic equities for the fourth quarter, only being down 2%. Uh, long-duration treasury funds were the best-performing fixed-income group, uh, so those people who, who used that uh, were good. And the worst performance for the quarter were the were the convertible bonds in the fixed-income area. So, uh, you know, convertible bonds uh, convert into common stock, and they got really hammered. Um, one thing, you know, uh, we still have a big gap between high yield and, and re- you know, almost high yield went up 350 basis points in the quarter, and we're still underweighted. So we still think there's some stuff you got to be worried about. But if you look at the bullish percent for all equity funds, we get down to 14. And if you look at the positive moving averages for all equity funds, we got down to six. Whew, that's That's not good. <laughs> So most of the equity funds got wiped out. What I'm what I'm suggesting is for the fourth quarter. Now oil went positive last week uh, for the first week in like eight, and some of the commodity indexes that had you know were mostly oil, like the Deutsche Bank liquid commodities. That's that's forty percent oil. So is the Commodity Research Bureau index. They went positive for this for the week. Gold's been positive for about five weeks, uh, and copper has been net, you know went straight up for eighteen weeks, then went straight down for six, went up for a week, and went down again. So. Uh, and then corn, which is unfortunately with, you know, the top three commodities for the year were co- uh, cocaea, which was up 27%, palladium, which is up 18, 19%, and, and wheat, which is up uh, 17, and then corn, which is up six or uh, seven, I'm sorry. The problem is getting in and getting out of those, if you got a, any kind of quantity, uh, is very, very difficult, uh, you know, because they're not, they're not traded a lot. So uh, I guess that, you know, the fourth quarter, will be known for all the weakness in, in all the energy-related commodities, which nobody was really predicting. Um, you know, Bob, I think a lot of people were really not predicting at all. And then gold, you know, rallied uh, pretty strong. Now, 
The dollar was up uh, 1% in the fourth quarter. Uh, there's a lot of people trying to knock it down because they don't want it to be uh, the the currency, the back, uh, or the, you know, the currency that, that they use under all other currencies. All right. So, um, I guess is the best way to put it. And, you know, China and, uh, and Russia really don't want it that way. Uh, but the, the best performance currency last year was the U.S. dollar, and that was the UUP was up, uh, about 5%. So, uh, unfortunately, not a lot of, um, uh, not a lot of, of, like liquidity in that particular ETF. Uh, as far as buy signals on relative strength, Berkshire Hathaway B, which is interesting because remember, the guy that's going to take over for Warren Buffett bought $21 million worth of stock. He bought the A now, okay, but the A and the B tend to work in tandem. So that's kind of interesting. And Grupa Finichero Galicia SA, which is Argentina's main bank, uh, went to a buy. And then the Hanover Group uh, Insurance and uh, Siga Technologies, which had been down and out and has now r- risen quite a bit. That's a little $7 stock, so be careful with it. On the sell side, uh, we had Fizz or National Beverage Corp., Manpower, Modi Manufacturing, SystemX, and, and uh, Copper Brass, uh, Go- Global Brass and Copper Holdings, and then On Deck Capital. So those were some of the names that we saw uh, coming down. Now, a couple other things that we want to talk about. Uh, you know, the money market uh, overtook the U.S. index funds uh, last week. Um, so what they're suggesting is there should be more money in the money market than in the index funds. <laughs> uh, now, that might be changing. So, you know, that always happens at a low. So, you know, you got to be you got to be uh, remembering that. The other thing, we saw a lot of weakness in master limited partnerships, uh, which we had uh, talked about on this on the show for a lot. And. uh the master limited partnerships uh, hit a new low. And one other thing, uh, the Pacific Basin, if we take out Japan, is doing much better than with Japan. Okay, so uh, the Pacific Basin and Brazil have been uh, really uh, emerging markets with, without you know any of the major stuff have been holding up much better than the than the 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 big you know big markets overseas. So that's something to think about. All right. Um, you know, those are two things, two key things. So it might be that foreign markets may start to outperform us. Who knows? We'll watch. Hey, we'll be right back with Insiders. This is Smart Investor Show. Stay tuned. A new year brings new opportunity. Seize it with Quantum Nutrition Lab's three key players for weight management. Promote physical performance and muscle energy with creatine monohydrate. Stimulate fat metabolism with green tea extract. Subdue hunger signals and boost protein intake with our vegan plant protein powder. Buy two bottles, get the third one free. Call 888-588-7578. That's 888-588-7578. Or visit us online at qnlabs.com. That's qnlabs.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Bob Marshall, PhD, host of Healthline. Tune in to get your questions answered and hear the latest breakthrough information for you and your family. Our product line, Quantum Nutrition Labs, delivers what others only promise, nutrition that really works. Listen to Healthline with Dr. Bob Marshall, Saturdays at noon on AM 1420. The Answer. On Facebook. So are we. 
Visit our Facebook page by searching for AM1420, The Answer. Wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire? At RBC Wealth Management, we can help you invest for the future that you want and create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. I took a stroll on the old long walk of the day. I met a little girl and we stopped to talk on a fine soft day. Okay, we're back. If you just tuned in, this is Smart Investor Show. And, you know, last week I reported that insider stock buying surged to an eight-year high and suggested those were one of the, that was one of the reasons I said don't get too bearish. I talked about the put-to-call ratio, the amount of cash out there, that the bears were two times what the bulls were. Uh, you know, we had a lot of things going for us. So it's kind of interesting that the, the number of sellers is down drastically. Uh, you know, the selling ratio is down to two. 2.4 from three and the buying ratio is up to 1.8. So that makes it very, very bullish. Uh, and, and you know, they've been buying, I'm telling you in December and November, it was amazing. I haven't seen that many pages in my insider buy report in a long, long time. Uh, so why do we follow insiders? Well, it's very simple. They know their companies better than we do. All right. Uh, now, and by the way, they're right about 66% of the time. I would suggest that most of the insiders have been wrong. I mean, the guys at United Technologies, they bought on September 25th. Stock was 238 to 245 in that time frame. It's now 160. Uh, Raytheon, there was a bunch of insider buyers at 200. It's now 152. Uh, you know, GE, those guys have been wrong from 25 all the way down. Uh, Lionsgate, you know, John Malone, uh, who, who I followed uh, numerous times. I mean, that guy's one of the smartest guys on the planet. He's the largest landowner in America. He's a billionaire, you know, multi-billionaire. And, and he bought Landscape at 38 along with Liberty Media. Paid 38 and a half of the stock. It's like 17 now. So there's been a lot of people that have been wrong. All right. So take this stuff with a grain of salt. Remember, this is just part of your process. What we're trying to do is take the economy and whittle it down into a small process. I mean, to some names you can look for. All right, now Kingsway Financial Services Group, uh, their property casual insurers, the director, uh, this stock had killed, okay? It was a seven, eight dollar stock back in, well, back in January, it was a ten dollar stock. Uh, he bought around two twenty. <laughs> and he bought one point two million dollars worth, right? Uh, Neonode, which is, uh, a technology company from Sweden, and the CEO bought fifty five thousand dollars worth, the CFO bought seven thousand dollars worth, and a director who's a major hitter, a major hitter in Europe, about $1.8 million. But it is a low, these are low price stocks, so be careful, okay? Now there's another one called Modus GI Holdings. And, uh, these guys have a product called PureView. So if you've ever had a colonoscopy or something like that, this product is very, very, you know, some people think this might be a good product for that. I don't, I'm not an analyst, so I don't know, uh, what to tell you on that. Um, uh, but Larry Feinberg, who's a very, very smart guy, uh, said that he has a three point, a 13.4 passive stake in Modus. And I noticed that the CFO bought a, uh, 
you know, $10,000 worth. The CEO bought 10,000 shares. It's a little $3 stock. The chairman bought 20. The president bought 25,000 and the director bought uh, 10,000. So, uh, it's a little $3 stock. So don't, you know, uh, it's not for widows or orphans. Okay. Uh, and Opco, another $3 stock, you know, Opco got hit because, uh, Dr. Frost, the CEO had some charges against him from the SEC. He ended up, you know, uh, I think they, they, uh, fined him five, $5 million, which was ridiculous. They killed the stock on it. And he went out and bought, he had four buys this week of 1.2 million. Remember, he bought 20 million shares the week before Christmas. And then here's an interesting one because it's in the oil and gas equipment group and it's called FTI, uh, or FMC PLC. The CEO bought a million dollars worth. Hmm. And Prospect Capital, you know, we talked about the CEO. He bought three times a couple of weeks ago at $6.60, uh, $6, uh, I'm sorry. $5.80, I can't see. <laughs> the stock's now 632 down from 660 and he just bought another $1.2 million worth. So uh, very interesting. And COT, uh, if you don't know who COT is, COT is the symbol. And uh, look, this thing was uh, you know a $25 stock a while back. It's now 14 And I noticed that a, uh, a director bought $1.2 million worth. I, I think we have a, a report on that if you'd like to see that. So please let me know. You know, give me a call at 888-223-7742. 888-223-7742. And DLHC, uh, there was several buyers here at about $4.80. One guy bought 110,000. CFO bought, uh, 10. CEO bought 20. Uh, so these are all pretty good sized buys. Uh, you know, and then Sigma Games. Ron Perlman, who bought a whole bunch two two weeks ago, bought another one point three seven million, then another one point one seven million in the last two days. So the the stocks, you know, basically where it was at seventeen in in both cases. So um, there we go. Um, now we also have uh, uh, R A Pharmaceuticals, and this is a uh, we have a great report on this one too. So if you'd like that, once again eight 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 two two three seven seven four two, but uh, the uh, director, uh, Rajiv Shah, bought a million shares. He already owned uh, 3.8 million. So now he, he owns 4.8 million. RA Capital bought 15.6, who, who owns 15.6% of the company, bought another million six shares. And New Enterprises, uh, which owns uh, oh, about 3 million shares, but 645,000. So you have in strong hands, three guys in strong hand are three, uh, people with strong hands who own pretty much 21% of the company now. So, uh, there's a great report on that company, uh, that I just, uh, noticed, uh, from our people, uh, as I was doing this. So, all right. So look, uh, I got a lot of questions on Apple and I'm not telling you whether to buy it or whether we like it or, you know, whatever. Uh, look, I'll just say this. Apple has been prone to these types of moves before. And coincidentally, right after the holiday season, uh, we back in 2013, uh, they fell 12% after announced disappointing, uh, disappointing iPhone sales. And they did it uh, uh, again in 2000, uh, 2007. Uh, they did it again, and it, well, they've done it four times. So... Uh, 
September 2000, uh, 2008 was what it was, I'm sorry, was they were down 17%. And then in 2013, they were down 12. And then 2008 again uh, in, in January, they were down 10. So usually it's around the holiday season when they blow up. So there we go. Now, look, the continuing high volatility makes it, it difficult to get a handle on the actual market direction of the Dow or the S&P. You know, we've lost all th- over 4,000 points over three weeks and then bouncing back 1,300 so far. So the whole technical pattern continues to be one of those of, of a bounce and a correcting trend that we believe will be back down to test the low again, uh, which we kind of did on Thursday. Uh, now, the question is, are we out of the woods yet? And I don't think we're there yet. Uh, look, one of the things that we, we have found out is, uh, you know, when you have sideways patterns in earnings, the market goes sideways. So the market's... T- continue to be volatile on a short-term basis, but largely neutral in a wide range. All right, so for the intermediate term, that could continue as an overall pattern well into 2019. Who knows? The technical and economic and sentiment indicators remain very mixed, which suggests to us that the market trend, you know, really could uh, continue to be mixed through the new year. Who knows? Uh, Now, I would say, you know, as goes the first week of January, as goes the first day of January, goes the year, as goes the first week of January, goes the year. The first day and the first week, so far, so good, okay? But the high and low of the expected range for 2019 could be within the range of 2018, which turned out to be nearly 20%. And, you know, if you were at Bob Dickey's, uh, you know, we, we had Bob Dickey in with um, our friends at um, uh, Marshfield this week this year, and he was talking about us being at the top of the trend, and there was an 18% difference between the two. And I sent a note out to anybody, everybody about a month later saying, get your ducks in order, okay? Those who did, did great. Those who didn't, well, there we are. So I suspect that volatility will lessen over the next year, but the performance of stocks could be mostly neutral. Uh, but we are getting closer to the, the uptrend line in the S&P 500, Okay. So, you know, we were way above it, and I told you that, and I said the problem was between the, the, the top end trend line and the bottom trend line is about 18, 19%. Well, we went the whole way. Uh, actually, we were above the trend line, so we went a little bit more. Uh, but, you know, it, look, it, the market turned back from resistance, and, and now it'll likely soon, you know, uh, uh, test support again and uh, probably do it more than once. So, uh, look, Here's some highlights for 2019 that our economists see. Uh, number one, it's viewed that housing affordability will get worse as homeowners' costs rise compared to income. Uh, number two, we the tightening effect of rising rates on households. See what that does. The report uh, talks of, about labor shortages, the impacts on wage growth, whether it will go up or not. Uh, they mentioned that job, the jobs that are at risk of automation – you know, or another problem, and 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 also, uh, they report that uh, uh, they're talking about competitiveness and tariffs, and see what happens there. In the meantime, uh, look, stocks are down still. Okay, so you didn't hit the bottom. Maybe we're not at the bottom yet. We don't know. But what I would start to do, like I say, I say this a lot. Noah didn't build the ark when it started raining. He built the ark well in front of the rains. He was smart enough. He had a, he had good insider information from God. All right. So the point is, is that now's a good time to start figuring out what you want to get. I mean, Apple falling down caused another company to fall down, which is probably a great buy. 
Maybe Apple isn't to buy today. Maybe that company's to buy. Okay. The dividend growth portfolio, a lot of these yields are up. You buy yield when it's up. The prime income list is got a 4.6% coupon now. Okay. Now, is it volatile? Yeah, they bounce around a little bit. But your bonds bounce around. Your CDs bounce around. You just don't know it because they, they print it at the same price every week from the bank. But why does the bank charge you to get out early? Because they take the market hit. All right? There's a market for everything. CDs, treasuries, the whole kit and caboodle. So the dividend growth portfolio, the prime income list are perfect time to be buying this. Also, we have our best ideas for 2019. And don't forget the technology, internet, media, and telecommunications conference. Folks, 5G is coming. It's, it's like, you know, they, they say on, uh, uh, our favorite TV show, winter is coming. We're not going to, we're not going to name it, but winter is coming. 5G is coming, and it's going to start in 2019. Get ready. So in the meantime, if you want to have a cup of coffee, call me, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Don't forget, WHK1420, hit local podcast, go down to Tim Hayes. My webpage is right there. In the meantime, have a great weekend, and don't forget to buy low and sell high. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888 888- 223-7742 That's 888-223-7742 Or visit his website rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes That's all one word in the address bar rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management When rolling over your 401k, it's easy to get lost. Look to the experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors from RBC Wealth Management to guide you through the whole 401k rollover process. It's all part of designing a plan that's tailored to your unique investment needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Proceeding programs, views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.